What a powerful way to start our morning together. It's good to see so few of you. That's not how that phrase goes. <laughs> I see roads this morning. We know the conditions are, are pretty rough. And I have to tell you, early in my ministry, if, if I came and I didn't see a big crowd, it was kind of like disheartening. Man, that has changed so much in me. Now I feel like uh, we're more intimate, like we've settled in on a cold, snowy morning. I know there's not a fireplace, but there should be one this morning somewhere, right? And if you're online with us this morning, maybe you're in the same place. You've come somewhere warm and you're ready to hear a word from the Lord. I had this sermon written back before um, even Christmas break. And all week long, we were going to be in Psalm 1, and all week long, um, you, you have emailed me and messaged me and called me and caught me in the hallway at the church or talked to me about your reading in Ephesians. How was it this week? Amen, right? God's word is good and powerful, isn't it? It just, in in the heart, I just kept, um, Jacob and I were laughing about this earlier this week. I think he knew I was going to throw the sermon out and do something different about midway through the week. But like, I I just don't, I don't have the heart for Psalm 1 this morning because I've been in Ephesians and I can't stop thinking about it and I can't stop reading about it, right? And I I just, it's embedded more and more. I always say like, uh, you know, as you leave after you preach, most people are pretty nice and they'll say, good sermon, nice word this morning, Uh, thanks for the encouragement. But the sermons where you really get somebody, get people are are where they stop and they want to talk with you about questions they have about what the Word has said. And my week has just been full of that from you. My, a few of my favorites is uh, Eric Nagel, who's uh, going to be one of our new elders today. I, I asked you to be in this Word, this form, right? And Eric said that I had pulled a dirty trick on him because he went to get his Bible from college because he had been using a tablet for so many, and for somebody had changed the font size and all of a sudden, it was way smaller than it had ever been before. Anybody else run into that? Oh, yeah, it's a little hard to read from time to time. Maybe it's time for a new extra-large print Bible. But my favorite that I heard repeatedly, over and over again, I heard this week, is I just kept reading the same chapter. I would read it twice a day, and then I would read it again a third time. And then before I go to bed, I wanted to read it one more time. And I thought, maybe that's just what we should do this morning. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, and we also put to God's holy people in Springfield this morning, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Oh, I'm going to need your help if we're going to read through some of this this morning. Um, When you hear something you like in a church or something you want to affirm, there's a little short phrase. Does anybody know it? Amen. All right. I I want to encourage you. um, And if you say, yeah, I'm shy, I'm quiet, I just want to say, yeah, I've heard you during an Illini basketball game. 
If there's something you hear this morning, I want you, I want you to verbalize it. Say amen. If there's something that you needed to hear this week that you heard, I want you to say amen. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of his glory. And for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him At his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work, and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. We were gratifying the cravings of our flesh, and we were following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and he seated him with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. 
We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, pagans by birth, and called the uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the province, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in the flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the one Father by the Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Amen. But you are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You think so highly of yourself. should this morning. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I've already written briefly. In reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. I, Paul, became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask, therefore, don't be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. It's for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its names. I pray that out of the glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God.
as a prisoner for the Lord then. As a prisoner for the Lord then. I urge you. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body. There's one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That's why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended into the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So, Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We need that, don't we? Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however... Is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him with accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up in accordance to their needs. And it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather there should be thanksgiving. 
For out of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Should I stop there? Submit. Submit. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only when their favor, when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ 
doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers. It's against the authorities. It's against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is... The word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am doing and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace be to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. It's a lot more scary. Isn't this weird? It's a lot more intimidating. It's a lot more scary as a preacher to stand up and just read all of Ephesians. That's sad a little bit, probably. There's so much there, isn't it? What caught your attention this week as you were reading, as you heard it this morning? Tell you what caught my attention time and time again. God loves his church. See, see our narrative in our culture, in our world, I, it, in our Christian culture, is God loves me, the individual me. When you read this in the Greek, you'll find that the you that he says, you, you, it's almost always plural. He's talking to the church as a whole. God loves his church. How does he describe his church? As his bride. That's quite a statement, isn't it? He says that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. Through us. Like, here's the other thing we do, is we do this like little C church and big C church. Right? And so we read Ephesians and we get to this lofty language about the church, the bride of Christ. And we talk big C, like the universal church. I've heard people even say this to me. But, but Paul has no realm of that in his teaching or his preaching. 
every, every little C, every local church, every local body that meets together, whether it's us gathered in Springfield or it's some little town on the outskirts or it's over in Africa, it is all one church. It's all his body and he cares for and loves that bride. You can say a lot of things about me before I'll get angry. You can say them to my face. I've been ministry quite a while now. I've heard most of it. You can come at me and I'll probably just smile and you can come at me harder and get closer and I'll probably ask you to put your mask on. But you want to get under my skin and you know who you talk about? My wife. Don't you dare. You ever wonder what God thinks about the way we talk about his bride? I wish we could, I just, I wish you guys could see what my wife looked like the day the door opened and she began walking down that aisle. I wish you could see what my wife looked like in my eyes the day she brought my beautiful babies into the world. And see, Christ, that's how he looks at his bride, us, his church, his beautiful church. If we could only see her, talk about her the way that he does. That's the word. That's a word I took away this week. I want to encourage you to do something different. I, you tasted and see. You, you just tasted this week. You tasted of Ephesians over and over again. You've read it. You've read it. Anybody take away? Did you have anything you took away? I want you to share it this week with somebody. Just share your takeaway. And then I want you to do the craziest thing this week. You ready? I want you to pick up your Bible tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, and I want you to pick somewhere else to read. I don't care where it's at. I don't need to tell you. Because you're a part of God's beautiful church. And he's got you. He's going to take care of you. His spirit is indwelling in you. He will teach you and guide you. Let's stand and we're going to pray. And our prayer is going to be the only section from Ephesians that I didn't read. Anybody catch it? I'll let the band come up. Let's pray together. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his will that is at work within us. To you, Father, be glory in your church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and all God's people said. Amen. Let's sing together.